This is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun, and we might actually learn something along the way. I'm Dave. And I'm Ian. And this is our show. Ian? David. There's someone else in the blanket fort with us today. Virtually, yes. Yes, there is. I don't know where to look because we have a camera for his feed and then he's on the screen over here. It's very confusing. Just right here. Lock it in. Right here. Oh, that's Eyes on the prize. That's Eyes on the prize. That's why I always am. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to introduce Jake. How's it going, everybody? (laughs) Hello, Jake. (laughs) Jake is with Racers (laughs) HQ. Oh. Uh, yeah, so newly Racers HQ, but you know and love him from uh, Rags to Races. Yep, the fantastic Rags to Races podcast. Um, and also of uh, um, putting up with us fame uh-huh. yeah, he during was like, uh, race weekend. Yeah, he was on an episode of our show when we uh, were at Road America. Correct. Yes, yes. Um, so hello, Jake. How are you? How's it going? Uh, and uh, since that was the last time I saw you in person, Dave, you haven't uh, crept in any fields lately, have you? No, <laughs> I, I, I did have to think about it for a second because it's like, I, I, I do a lot of mountain biking, so, you know, yeah. yeah, but typically the body shuts down during that, that, so, yeah, no, no field, no field crapping since then, yeah, that's to hear. that, like, <laughs> that I know of, <laughs> like those idiots, like, no children that I know of, right, yeah, 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 so, how are you, Jake, tell us about Racers HQ. So I am doing great. Um, Racers HQ has actually been around for a few years. Um, some of you may have uh, heard of Matt Covert and what he's done and the, and the, the, the website that he built, the podcast and everything. And oh, about two, two and a half years ago, I actually first heard about Racers HQ. They were on uh, another podcast. Uh, he was on 10 Tense podcast. And the first time ever I paused the podcast midway through the episode pulled up the guy's website and started looking at what he was doing. And I really, really got behind what he was doing. And first and only time thus far, I reached out and emailed him right away and and told him what I was thinking and and how much I liked it. Well, that went from uh, a quick email here and there just to say, you know, thanks for what you're doing to me starting my podcast rags to races and he was actually one of my first guests uh when i did uh like three or four parts on autocross he was one of the first guests i ever had and it kind of built into a back and forth relationship eventually i started writing for him i wrote a couple of articles for the website and uh late last year actually right about right before the chump car race at road america the abysmally abysmally wet race that we dealt with yeah Uh, i think i'm still drying off from that race but uh right before that he had kind of had to take a back seat uh when it comes to the website and the podcast and everything and he had even at one point in time i think posted that he wasn't going to be updating anything anytime soon but uh he reached out to me and asked me to start taking over the facebook page at that time and Obviously, I gladly did, and that's where uh, I actually posted most of that weekend on the Racers HQ Facebook page. And uh, slowly but surely, kind of things started drifting away for him, and he's got his hands full with everything. Uh, A lot of people actually don't know this. He's actually a service member, and as of right now, he's overseas. Uh, So the whole handoff has been kind of interesting, and that's why it's taken so long. But um, 
decided he wasn't going to be able to put the effort into the website that it really deserved and asked me to kind of step in and take over if I wanted to do that. And I gladly took it over. So here we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. So for anybody who doesn't know, when when you were exposed initially to Racers HQ, what was the primary content of the site? Uh, primary content um, up until now and even going forward has been uh, a, an education center, if you will, for the aspiring race car driver. Um, a lot of tech tips and how-to and driving-focused uh, content just driven to get people who want to start autocrossing or racing in general, you know, a good foot in the door and a good know-how on where to begin and how to hone their race craft. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so th- that obviously dovetails, 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 <laughs> like attorneys general, uh, <laughs> dovetails nicely with what you were doing with the rags to races podcast where you were just you were encouraging and and figuring out ways for people to just get in the automotive enthusiast and racing community right not necessarily driving racers hq seemed to be a little bit more driving centric yours was just a uh, community kind of focused right yeah absolutely and and going forward now that i've got control i do want to open the door more i still want to stay focused on the driver and and helping drivers move up and 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 learn the oh there's an edit spot for you (laughs) (laughs) helping drivers move up and and learn racecraft and and better themselves behind the wheel but i want to open the door to anybody who's interested in motorsports in general and help them find their foothold, find their place in motorsport. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, the racetrack is such a great community. It's such a great just place of community that it it just focusing on the driver, you're, you're not really getting the whole story, I feel like, for, right. for what – it is to be at a racetrack for a weekend. Exactly. Like at Road America, you're focusing on like 80 people when there's like, you know, how many hundreds of other people there. Right. That are part of the scene. Absolutely. And a good, a good fast pit stop, especially like something like chump car or having to do work on a car at an SCCA majors event, man, that gets the adrenaline pumping just as much for me as it does when I'm behind the wheel. Sure. Well, sure. and you know, and uh, and with grassroots stuff, especially, you're oftentimes in in older cars that may not have telemetry available to you. You know, you're not going to get the Formula One like readout on your dash of what your lap time delta is. So, I mean, even just simple stuff like being able, like uh, tips for communicating with a driver who's on track. Um, right. You know, that's like a really important thing that can make or break a, a weekend, really. Yeah, and uh, there are some new pieces of equipment um, that are coming down in price that actually will give you your lap time deltas in that. Right. Um, one of the things I work with with the SCCA Majors car I crewed on was uh, he had an AIM Solo in his. It's basically a little, looks like a little miniature dashboard, basically, but it has GPS readings and it gives you your lap time. And it can give it breaks each racetrack down into sectors, and it can actually give you your 
projected best lap. So it gives you an idea of how fast you can potentially go based on the different sectors where you're fast and where you're slow. That's oh, nice. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff you see in racing sims. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, they run about 900 bucks and it's a standalone unit. You throw a little antenna on top of the car and it like has a little magnet and it clips right in front of the steering wheel. Huh. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as, uh, as far as rags to races, then what's what's your plan with with that? Well, um, considering I'm taking over an entire website, another podcast, I co-host on uh, FSFL as sort of a race commentator. Mm-hmm. There's just not going to be enough time for it. Uh, right, I'm, right. I'm going to keep it up there and out there for people who are you know so it's available. I was going to say I think that's important. Yeah. And, and I'll probably do one final episode just to kind of close it off and direct people to Racers HQ, but it's just going to be too much for me to handle to run two full podcasts, a website, co-host a third podcast, write, yeah. edit, and work on everything else that I need to do to, to market the website. Sure, yeah. sure. And then also, you know, go racing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of going racing, like catch us up with where you are on cars, carts, uh, horse and buggy, like, yeah, unicycle. <laughs> I, yeah, what's going on with you? Well, um, I've got the cart. It's a uh, Briggs & Stratton LO206 uh, spec cart, if you're not familiar with them. It's basically it's a sealed engine, and you basically run it on any road course sprint cart chassis. I happen to have a uh, check-built Praga chassis, which after I bought it, I found out actually originally belonged to the company owner's son. It was his car. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sorry. Sorry. I was trying to pull up the Briggs and Stratton site. (laughs) (laughs) Another edit. Autoplay videos. You got to love that. Anyway, I'm sorry. So I've got my Briggs and Stratton cart. You know, it's a LO206, which is a sealed engine specifically for cart racing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like much. It's a regular. It looks like a bright orange Briggs and Stratton lawnmower motor is what it does. But it is yeah. actually, um, I recently listened to an interview of a guy from uh, the racing department at Briggs and Stratton, and the amount of work and blueprinting that goes into these engines to make sure that they're basically one and the same. You could grab any any engine off the line that's going to perform just as good as the next one, and uh, it. it Easy to maintain, easy to work on, easy to to easy to uh, keep keep up. Okay, and they're not a lot of power. We're talking the average is about nine point nine horsepower. Okay, but when you gear it right on a sprint cart, on an off road, or on a outdoor road course, you could be potentially looking at sixty miles an hour on a sprint track. Um, a simple sprocket change and some adjustments to your clutch and you're doing 80 on a full-on road course oh wow okay and okay two g's in a corner with fairly hard tires that last a long time the the local track i race at for the local events uh they have a spec tire it's about 220 dollars for a set installed on the cart okay and, and uh last year when i started the points uh, leader in my class at the time for men or men and women 35 and older was on the same set of tires he bought at the beginning of the season the year before. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. That's some budget but racing right there, man. Take care of the tires. They can last two full seasons. Wow. And 
So like two, half, it, half a season for you, Ian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the, 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 the fun to price ratio is, is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I did have a Miata project car that I was building for budget endurance racing. And I ended up, I actually sold the car to the guy I bought the cart from. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I still keep in touch with him and I've, I've seen pictures of the car. Now I kind of wish I hadn't gotten rid of it because <laughs> I saw the, all, all the work he put into the car that I wasn't ready to put into it. That's the thing. Um, yeah. But it's, um, he's happy with the car. I'm happy with the cart. And yeah, an average race weekend, uh, we'll set you back about a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. For yeah. full day racing. Um, the place I race at the, because it's a spec series, fuel is included in your race entry fee oh wow okay so they just got like a bunch of five gallon cans sitting there and you just, you just top yourself your as you need it huh. that's awesome <clears throat> yeah and th- those are all like everything is four cycle now right there's no oh no there's still plenty of two oh, strokes there's, two, two, st- yeah, there, there's still shifters there's still the uh rotax class that got kind of wonky for a little bit because of some issues but there's still plenty of people running touch and go rotax carts which are Similar to like a four-stroke cart with a you know centripetal clutch, mm-hmm. but it's a 125 cc engine and about 30 horsepower and super sticky tires. Oh wow! Okay, those carts will do 80 to 90 miles an hour on a sprint cart, sprint course, and uh, easily three Gs in a corner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big step I, up. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh, huge. I've driven one once. Uh, I had a, there was a local track that had, they called it a drive till you drop day. So you played a, paid a flat fee and anything that they had as a rental cart, you could drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so Rotax is now that to get to the Rotax, you had to spend a little bit more, but after my first session on track, I had to get, um, like a kidney belt because I was getting bruising up and down the side of my rib cage from the seat sure. from the Jeep horses. Yeah. 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 Wow. And yeah, I mean, even in the like- around a slow corner and it would, you know, drop out of the two stroke power band. And then it was, as soon as it would hit, it would snap your neck back. Like you're <laughs> like, you're uh, getting launched by a rubber band. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, even the, even like the, the low power rental cars, I carts, I have to get the, the little seat insert. Oh, otherwise yeah, yeah. like for your for your non childbearing hips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just rattle around in there and just hit the side of the heat. Hits me. <laughs> like a pea in a tin can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, besides the cart, um, you may have some competition in the uh, coming year here, Ian. Yeah. So you uh, you you mentioned to us the other day that you are building uh, a, a chump car. I guess that's now champ car. Yeah. Um, that rebrand or whatever. So you're building a chump champ, whatever chump chimp chump 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 budget point. enduro car. We'll just say budget enduro car. How's yeah. that sound? Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Tell us what what class are you going to be in? Are you going to be competing against? Uh, no, we'll not be competing against the Maserati. Oh, okay. um, it's a '92 Honda Accord, and we're pulling the drivetrain out of a wrecked uh, Honda Prelude, a little bit newer. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Prelude is a 2.2 liter. You're talking to the wrong person. Oh, I don't know okay. much about Hondas. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> to be honest, um, one of the guys on the crew, um, actually, he used to be a uh, technical, was it a data engineer for an IndyCar team? And I'm not at liberty to say which IndyCar team. However, 
he worked there for several years, so he definitely knows his stuff. He's a fabricator welder. Wow. That's okay. handy. Yeah, he knows his stuff, and he knows he's a Honda guy, so he knows. And I already knew from my past experience, Hondas are like Legos. So you can pull parts from one and stick them in another, and it basically just drops in. Right. Yeah. But um, there's a local like DIY auto repair shop uh, in the city, and uh, sort of to garner, you know, use it as a marketing tool, whatever. They decided they were going to put together one of these budget enduro cars, so. The guy, the uh, data engineer, former data engineer, he works there as a tech and as an instructor. He's the one who found the parts. Uh, in fact, the Accord was originally a parts car that he had bought up and dragged up from Florida. Didn't run. A motor was seized up. It had an automatic transmission. So we basically dro- gutted everything down to the pure shell. Right. Uh, bought a cheap uh, welding cage. We're mocking that up right now. Uh, we're starting to tear apart the parts car. Last weekend, I pulled the entire rear subframe out. That's going in the new car. Um, I bought, actually, I bought the old racing seat from my Miata. Okay, nice. I bought it back, and it's going in the Accord. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry the mojo forward, yeah. So what's the goal? When When's the first race you're, you're, you guys are shooting we're, for? We're hoping for Gingerman, but really, as it stands right now, there's only a few of us really putting the hours in on the car, so it's it's hard to say if we'll make it by Gingerman. The plan is to do some testing in May, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, the cage isn't welded in yet. We still got to get the drivetrain out of the old car to put in the new car. We're swapping it from automatic to manual. Right. So there's still some work. Yeah. Um, we're hoping when we if we can get the whole crew together and working, we can we can knock a lot out in, in a few hours. But lately, it's been a little bit rough. What with St. Patrick's Day in Chicago and all that's that's always a that's always a rough weekend. Yeah, I'm sure people <laughs> celebrate that there a little bit. <laughs> Have you never seen The Fugitive, sir? <laughs> no. You've never seen The Fugitive? No, I have. Hold on, we need to stop this car <laughs> show. You just pause it and let's let's put it on right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I I need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like if you're ever sick on the couch, that's the movie that you watch. Yeah, yeah. I I just keep going to Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Anyway, no, we'll but, talk about that later. But I but I, I'm trying to think if you, if we've seen a Honda Accord running out there in Chimp Chump Chomp. I think so. I, I I think we have, and I think there was definitely one in, at the Lemons race uh, a while. Um, and I think it was a coupe. Okay, this huh. one's a coupe too. Okay, okay. nice. Yes, yeah, ninety-two Accord coupe. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's I believe it's like a ninety-three or ninety-four Prelude. It was like the second generation that real rounded body style yeah yeah that's that's the one we're pulling the drivetrain out of okay yeah i like the first generation prelude and the last generation prelude that middle one that you're talking about i don't love as much i'm just an overall prelude enthusiast although prelude is awesome yeah they 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 look so dated on the interior and their rear visibility is bad but they're they're always cool cars, and I love the last one with the big headlights, especially. Mm-hmm. I was I was really trying to push them to find a, a first gen just so we could pull yeah. the four wheel steering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, right. 
That's what you want is uh, added complication in a oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> in a budget enduro car. That's exactly what we need. We're going. We're actually depowering. We actually pulled the rack apart and we're properly depowering the steering. And oh it's wow! Manual steering. Yeah. Wow. That'll be fun during your pit stops. <laughs> in that light of a car, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. 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 Yeah, do you guys know, uh, I mean, the the weight on that is going to be like nothing, right? It's going to weigh. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be ridiculous because uh, there are no minimum weights really for anything unless you're doing like a swap or something, right? I don't think there are any minimum weights at all. Yeah, it's as far been a while since I've read through the rule book, but. Well, I think there's a couple of big rule changes this year, so maybe worth a, worth a visit. I think a lot of them are around turbo stuff, though, and fuel and yeah. that sort of thing. So. Yeah, um, this is all naturally aspirated Honda, high revving. Okay. Nice. Well, definitely keep us posted on that. I'm, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really that's really cool. Um, yes, I'll be driving that probably once or twice minimum this year, as long as the car gets together. And when it's when I can't afford to get behind the wheel, I'm going to be crew chief. So nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have? Uh, um, you know, I'm asking from personal experience. Do you guys have a big uh, difference in sizes of driver? Or, there you go. Yeah. Uh, is that a, a concern little for you bit, guys? But the seat that I the I originally bought for the Miata that's going in the Accord now is it has sliders and it's adjustable. Right, right, right. So, I mean, we and there's quite a bit of mo- movement in it. it. There there should be enough room and being that it's an Accord, there's plenty of room behind us. Yeah. Yeah. Top drivers cuz there are some guys a little over 6 foot and me I'm like 5'10 and then there's guys shorter than me too that are going to be driving, so. Nice. Yeah, the hard part with all that is like the the distance to the cage from mm-hmm. the seat there's regulations about that so like when the seat moves that's why in the Maserati they have the the the, the that big block yeah, on a slider blo- yep. yeah yeah because there was such a huge difference between me and my cousin right yeah there was a big air gap there yeah. oh we have the the seat back on the seat that I bought is a soft back so we have to have one of those anyway so gotcha. that's oh okay it's cheap enough i've already i've already sourced it it's like 100 bucks from jegs or something it's nothing yeah. it's not right bad on. Awesome. All right, cool. Nice. Um, there was something else. Let's let's move it on to an FMK cars. Okay. All okay. right. Um, you want to explain it? I I'll sure do, first, Ian. Or do you want to go first? I, I'll explain it. Okay. Ian. Dave. Jake. Jake. Everyone. Yes. FMK cars is a game that Ian and I play on the show. It's that classic game of fuck, marry, kill, but instead of playing it with people, we play it with cars because we're not awful, horrible monsters. Ian, in this game, Jake... We'll give yes. you three cars. You get to choose FMK. F means you drive it for a day. M means you marry it. Daily driver. K means you crush it immediately. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Um, right. So, Sorry. Jake. Loud noises. I'm uh, getting my note, my messaging system out. There All we right. go. There All we right. go. So, <laughs> nice. so, Jake, for anyone who doesn't recognize uh, his accent, is from Chicago. Um, and I also grew up in the Chicago area. And sometimes I feel nostalgic. So, this is uh, entitled, Help! I ate a jumbo dog from Portillo's, a Polish sausage from a cart on the street, and an Italian beef sandwich from Mr. Beef. And now I have the meat sweats! <laughs> is there really a place called Mr. Beef? Oh, yeah. It's fucking yeah. excellent. You need to go there. You need to go to there and put it all in your face. You, put, you just shove it in your beef hole is what you do. Put the Mr. Beef in your beef hole. Um, oh. Meat sweats. 
cars made in Chicago. Okay. These are going to be challenging to Google or Google or Google. Okay? okay. All right. First of all, 1916 Elgin 6. This is by the Elgin Motor Company, which is a Chicago-based company, and it was actually designed and manufactured in, uh, in Chicago. Okay. Yep. There it is right there. All right. The cool. Elgin 6, it was $985 when it was new. Yeah. Look at that. <clears throat> and it was actually, they uh, found a lot of success apparently in endurance racing. So it's a it's good fit. So they were, the, this this was a race chassis well, and they um, put a six cylinder in it. A little bit of history lesson here to, sorry to interrupt. No, go. First automotive race in America was held in Chicago. Oh, really? Didn't yeah. know that. Nice. Yeah, it was on uh, city streets uh, through like the south suburbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the south end of Chicago. It was the first car race ever, official car race in America. I didn't know that. Nice. I did know that there was a, a popular race, a, a big race between like Chicago and uh, Evanston. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know about that. That's cool. Um, all right. So the next one, very innovative. Also, 1916, the Woods dual power model 44 coupe. This was the first hybrid. It had an electric motor, wow, and that was active at speeds of under 15 miles per hour, and it also had a um, a four-cylinder gasoline-powered engine that uh, took over after that. Wow! Yeah, look at those leaf springs. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was like really expensive. It was like over two thousand dollars in 1916. Oh well, yeah, this was the Porsche. 918 it was the well yeah it was the tesla yeah this is a crazy uh amount of technology for 1916 yeah okay were you aware of that one jake yeah what was the second one again what was it i I, my pen isn't working and i can't see your pictures so i'm googling them okay yeah uh it's the woods dual power model 44 coupe yeah it's it, it, I, the I world's like, first hybrid car. Anything with exposed cloth upholstery, I'm into. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at those leaf springs, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then the last one, we're going to go, um, we're, we're going to take like a big leap forward in, in, uh, in time, in, in time and in technology and in luxury. 1927 <laughs> Ford Model A. Built in a factory that is still in operation today and actually now makes the Taurus and the... Um, Fusion? Um, no, the um, the fucking SUV one. Escape? No, the bigger one. Edge? Expedition, maybe? I don't know. One of them. Flex? No. Escape. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. One Just of them. Just random uh, Ford crossover oh, names. Wait, I yeah. actually have it right here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Huh. Okay. So what do, what do you think you do, Jake? All right. The Explorer. May they make the Explorer there. The Taurus and the Explorer. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. No problem. You're welcome, everyone. Okay, so journalists. I think I'm going to have to crush the Model A because that's the most common of the three. Okay. I like it. It's also yeah. the one with a roof on it. Yeah, yeah. Just FYI. Oh, the woods. The woods has a roof. You can get it at the woods. With you the could roof. get. You could get it with the coupe. That's true. All right. And, and I think I'm going to f the woods and have one of those fancy Illinois 
electric or hybrid vehicle license plates. Oh, there you go. People. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to have to marry the uh, Elgin 6 because that is just an amazing looking like pre-war car and it's it just looks awesome. It right? does look really cool. They they went bust not long after that, but uh, it looks like it's pretty cool. And yeah, I like the idea of trolling people in the uh, like parking in the in the plug-in hybrid spots yes, and all yeah. that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, Meat sweats. <laughs> so for the first automotive race in America, was it just, was the finish line just somebody handing the winner of an Italian beef sandwich? Yeah, instead of, <laughs> instead of like uh, spraying champagne, uh, champagne. It was au jus. It was au jus, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And blood. <laughs> well done, Ian. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, everyone. All right. Um, what do you want to talk oh. about next? Hey, real quick here. I did just pulled up. Um, the Chicago Times-Herald race is the first automobile race held in the United States. Sponsored by the Chicago Times-Herald, the race was held in Chicago in 1895 between okay. six cars. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It was won by Frank Duria's motorized wagon. Classic Frank. (laughs) (laughs) He's a real son of a bitch. But boy, he could drive that motorized wagon. You know. Yeah. You know, you got to have a motorized wagon. I think I have him on my fantasy F1. (laughs) 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 No, yeah. I put him down for uh, pole position for the next race. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. I think he's definitely going to win. Is is that who uh, McLaren's using for uh, power plants this year? I think so. (laughs) Might be more reliable than Honda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that, no, they have Renault this year, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Sick F1 burn. I yeah. guess if I knew Toro also has Honda though. Is that the Red Bull? This is fun where we make Dave talk about F1 and he has no idea what we're talking about. What's the <laughs> difference between Toro Rosso and Red Bull? They're the junior team. Uh, the team and they were originally powered by Ferrari. Hence the Toro Rosso. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, Toro Rosso just means Red Bull. Right. In Italian. Yeah. 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 In Italian. Just I like, the, just yeah, like the beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and you and your meat sweats. Well, yeah, you get yeah. meat sweats sometimes when you go to Chicago. Well, I'm going to kick us into a future that should have been in my FMK cars, Ian. Okay. All right. This is a future where everything has a giant ass V12 engine and everything is curvy mm. and pointy and weird and awesome. And there's probably a whole bunch of German electronic music coming out of all angles. Oh, it's like an episode of Sprockets. It is. Now's the time we <laughs> dance. Ian, Jake, I have some, I'm going to bring you up to speed to my era, the 90s. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the one I refuse to leave. Yeah. All right. So, first up, uh, there's there's no kicker or anything like that on this. Uh, so, first up, Lister, Storm. Ooh. Yes. V12. Yes. All right. Don't forget to show it to the people. Yeah. There we go. Let's see if we can find something that has a front end view. There we go. Yes. That's one of the uh, GT whatevers. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's a the street version. Thank you, Ian. Mm-hmm. Ian with the clutch point. <laughs> yeah. So, Lister Storm in a beautiful color green. Yeah. It is a really strange looking car. It is. It is. But this is a future that should have been. Uh-huh. Right, this is this feels like one of those things where like 
it, I get the same feeling when I see this uh, as I get when I see a mid-century modern ranch. Really? Because, yeah, because, like, at the time, like, that was how they envisioned the entire future. Yeah. Right? And, like, when people designed this car in the, you know, probably late 80s, early 90s, like, this is just how they imagined all of sports cars going. I guess so, but it always, that car, this car always looks to me like uh, the aspect ratio is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It looks just like like you're look you know when like you look at uh, it's it's 16 by 9 but crunched into 4 by 3 yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's just the proportions are just off somehow and it bugs me so so like when you go to your parents house over the holidays and, and like they're watching like stretched 4 by 3 content <laughs> on their flat screen yes. and like they're watching like a standard def channel on a fucking 75 <laughs> inch 4k tv up converted yeah yeah. Soap opera mode, uh-huh. extra on. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And, and you say that, and I actually just found a picture of that car from rear three-quarter view, and it really yeah. just enhances everything you just said. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. That that vent by the taillights is weird. Yeah. That, it looks like somebody did a bunch of ecstasy and tried to draw a Toyota MR2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it looks like a bunch of cars crashed into one another. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. those tail lights are straight out. That looks like they look like nine five nine tail lights uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah, and then like the wing looks like it's off of like a COK DTM or something yeah. or yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, it's yeah, very strange. Okay, so anyway, we love the Lister. Up next, Ian. Uh huh. Jag- Jake, Jaguar. X, J, R, fifteen. Oh, this was like the special XJ220 variant thing? I think so. It's the the one that actually did have a V12. Right. Right? Everything in the future is curvy and sleek, and you know you hear techno music. I have an idea of what my next car might be. Okay, go ahead and guess. You win podcast if you guess. Is it a vector? Yeah, of course it's a vector. Nice. Nice. Vector... M12. Yeah, right? Ian, look at it. Look at that. That's one on the street. Dear yeah. God. The You got to find a shot, if you can, of the interior of the dash. Okay. Have you ever seen a picture of the dash? I don't know. It's crazy bonkers. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. Whoa. Good, good guess, Jake. Oh, it looks like Kit. Yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but it's not a it's not a V12 though, right? It is. Yeah, the the M12 is. They had the um oh oh there's the W8 twin turbo. Yeah. I yeah, I I thought it was a V12. I could Whatever. Be, it doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, it's super cool. Oh, oh yeah. look, there's one that's uh caught on fire and burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> Through like Google images. <laughs> oh no. Poor vector. So, what do you think you do, Jake? What do you think you do? I got to marry that Vector. Do man. you? It's, it's just the wildest design of any car I've ever seen in my life, and I absolutely love it. It's it's like, oh, you want 90s? How about all the 90s? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you open the door, and you hear the Saved by the Bell theme song. <laughs> I was actually thinking Daft Punk homework, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill the Jaguar, and uh, for the day, I'm going to drive that Lister Storm, and I'm going to 
screw it. I'll take it to Le Mans and drive the uh, the public roads uh, that make up the Le Mans road, road course. Nice, nice. Ian, what would you do? Um, I think I would crush the Lister. Okay. Because it does just, I don't know what it is about that There's car. There's something that, it's like an uncanny valley of hypercar? Yeah, it like makes me twitch. It Well, it's <laughs> like it's like uh, Tom uh, Hanks's creepy eyes in Polar Express. Like, yeah. the, all the components are there. Yeah. Right? Of, of a hypercar. And it all should work. All kinds of vents work. and low and, yeah. But I just it, it it just bugs me for for whatever reason. That's the same thing that draws me to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I just saw something that I can't unsee. Uh, this <laughs> sorry, <laughs> did, so, did the Skype can our Skype feed just now started working? I'm sorry. Yeah. Apparently so. No, um, we took I'm our shirts off. One of the race cars, the yellow and green Lister Storm. It's got a three quarter front view. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it looks like. A Ferrari F40 and a McLaren F1 had an illegitimate love child. Okay. I can okay. see that. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It just To me, it just looks like this fender, the front fender is just like squashed. Like it was supposed to be longer and right. the mold got too hot and fucked up and they were just like, <laughs> well, we can only afford to make one. So right. I guess it's this long now. I think they had the prototype car out and they were testing and they parked it a little too harshly and... <laughs> <laughs> and hit something, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're, that's what like, it is yeah, now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually, what it looks like. I actually kind of like it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would crush the Lister. Okay, I would marry the Vector. Okay, because it's just too crazy. Okay, um, and then I would, um, um, for a day, drive that Jag. Okay, I think I, I think I would marry the Lister. Yeah, mainly just to upset you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I would I, I would have to it's it's tough but I think I'm going to f the jag uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and kill the vector which hurts but yeah I don't know I don't know it's a yeah it's crazy but it might be a little too crazy for crazy Dave yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know I have a feeling that might be a bit of a tight squeeze for you to get into one hundred percent considering there's a in this picture we're showing on the on the feed there's a Porsche convertible next to it and it's easily a foot taller than it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it looks it looks so tall uh-huh. but also really short compared to this car like it does this car is long and yeah. low yeah also I just sent you a, a, a good picture of the um of of the dash oh okay um with um with like a cool shot of the little graphic that is obviously only it's monochromatic and it's a million buttons okay but um it shows you a little uh like uh what do you call it um diagram of the vector Oh, okay. In the in the dash. I love cars that have the little diagrams of the car. In yeah. Them. Yeah. But it looks like, you know, like an avionics readout from a 1970s <laughs> fighter pl- fighter jet. Nice. Sort of nice. Thing. Okay. Yeah, so you bring bring that up for sure. I will. I will. I, I'll work on that. You keep talking to Jake. Um so what else do you have going on while we wait for Dave to type? I'm very good at interviewing. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, <sighs> aside from everything, you know, there are going to be some changes to Racers HQ, like I was saying. I was going to open the door to more things 
involving other aspects of racing besides the driver. I'm going to keep it focused to the driver, but we're going to open the more door to more things. And while there, one of the big things Matt had started with the podcast and the website was sponsorship. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do it this year. However, I'm looking into expanding it for next year. Okay. Okay. So not just autocrossers will be uh, available to apply to for a sponsorship from the website. Oh, so racers getting sponsored by Racers HQ. Yes. Yeah. It's something uh, Matt started a few years back. He was uh, sponsoring autocrossers. Oh, okay. awesome. Nice. So how, how, how does that um, relationship work? So what he's done in the past is he, he opens up the applications on the website. Um, people who autocross can apply. Basically, if you are picked, you're expected to run at least a full regional season of autocross. And you're expected, you know, to, to do some writing for the website, interviews. But then you're basically getting $200 to run autocross for the season. So that could be the set of tires. That could be your entrance fees. I don't know where money-wise I'm going to be toward the end of the year, but I am setting money aside specifically for sponsorship and I'm going to be expanding it, not just for autocrossers, but for kart racers and possibly even esports and and iRacing. Okay. Oh, interesting. Nice. Nice. Okay. That's really cool. Um, is that, um, that seems, that, that kind of blows my mind that, that, that how that works. So is that going to be like you got, you're going to have your own sponsorship and then you're going to kind of like pass that on to other racers or how? No, this is, this is completely separate from my own racing and my own everything else. Obviously I'm going to carry the branding on my fire suit and on the cars that I drive and on my cart. But this is specifically for drivers who need that extra step and, and, and want to take that first plunge into the grassroots world of, of motorsports, maybe not have quite the money they can apply. And of course, it's going to be pretty strict adherence to the rules and everything else, but to get money, I mean, right. this isn't, this is a business deal. This isn't just me handing out money to anybody. It's not right. a, it's not a sweepstakes or a contest. I'm actually looking for somebody who can carry the brand name. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Idea. That's really cool. Do you know, do you know of anybody else that's doing it uh, to the scale or to, um, to carting in uh, esports specifically? Uh, a little bit. Um, somebody I have interviewed in the past that's into karting. He also does esports, and he has been sponsored to run uh, basically the F one Codemasters game. Oh wow! Okay, play that. Um, and of course, there's people who do sponsorships for iRacing, and but but when it comes to autocross and, and things like that, there really isn't a whole lot out there outside of Racers HQ. Okay. Yeah. And I want to keep that. I want to keep that ideology in play, and I still want to help the autocrosser. Right. And I want to open it up because that was the big thing for me. Because when I found out about all this, I wasn't autocrossing, and I didn't have a vehicle to autocross. Sure. Would have loved to applied for a sponsorship position. Would have loved to do it, but since I wasn't autocrossing, I wasn't. I didn't fit in, so I didn't even bother applying because. I didn't have a vehicle to autocross, so right. I want to open the door more and, and possibly offer more than just one sponsorship. Um, possibly, you know, way I'm looking at it right now and what I'm planning on doing is one sponsorship in autocross, one sponsorship in esports, and one sponsorship in karting. Okay. 
Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool, Jake. Yeah. Um, do you want to... Should we do another FMK cards? You got another one ready to go? I I, I do, um, but yeah, I I just I don't want to stomp on anything that uh, anything else that you might want to you you might want to bring up, Jake. Um, I I think we could close it out with my dumbass FMK cards. <laughs> oh, but see, the thing is, I've got an FMK cards and a my eyes. Oh, oh yeah, let's talk about your my eyes. Let's, let's do, do that. let's yeah, do yeah. those, and we'll close on your okay. FMK cards. Yeah, there we go. All right. So the first one I saw, and I don't have a picture of to share, but I know you can do a Google search. Yeah, yeah. A, a picture of this. And after I saw this, I saw it on a Facebook group first, and then I saw it in person. Oh, no way. That rare digital to analog me, crossover. It, it, it It's burned into my retinas, and it will not go away. Oh, okay. We were talking it about. It makes the Nissan Murano cross cab look like a good idea. Oh, wow. wow. That's, yeah. That's okay. Something. Okay. All right. Give, give us, give us a clue. See if we can sure figure it out. Find almost a, perf- a, a, a sale image, like from the dealership of this specific vehicle. Okay. A black Cadillac Escalade convertible. What? Um, I'm sorry. Now. <laughs> Heard me right. No. An, an Escalade convertible. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to go. Yeah. I found them in Google image searches, and when you see it, you're you're just gonna cringe. You need to have this burned into your retinas. Oh my god! Whoa! So they keep the door frames. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's got this horrible-looking rag top. Yeah. Crappy rear window that does absolutely nothing. Oh boy! There's a YouTube video. I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna play it. So I, I, I've seen it in person and it's bad enough. Yeah, where did you see this at? Like, what kind there of like cocaine fueled like? Some <laughs> looks like a soccer dad driving around the suburbs of Chicago in a black one. Wow! A bunch of people have posted pictures to my, one of the Facebook groups I'm in, and I just happened to be driving at work during work one day and. It, it was making a left-hand turn, and I was going straight past it, and I had to do a triple take. Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if I actually don't like it. <laughs> I'm strangely drawn to it. <laughs> I don't I know. I think we may have just awoken something in Ian. I know, yeah. I'm He's going to be shopping for Nissan Murano cross cabs next thing you know. What was what was the Escalade... The, I, the, the Cadillac version of the Chevy Avalanche. What was that? The Escalade EXT. Thank you. Yeah. So I always wondered, like, who the hell drove those things? And right. then, like, I was, I was, it was when I used to play indoor uh, sandpit volleyball. Uh-huh. And a, uh, a guy that played on my team uh, pulled up and got out of one of those. And I was like, oh, it's you. You're, <laughs> you're the type of person. We're going to be late for this game. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I think it looks better than a cross cabriolet, I, which I know isn't, isn't like high praise or anything, but you're looking at a nice Photoshop picture though. Look at it in a cloudy day in Chicago and yeah. in the suburbs and yeah. you'll have a different idea altogether. Yeah, it just, it does it does look like somebody just took like the Photoshop eraser tool and just like <laughs> just like straight blanked out the a back. little bit. It does. Yeah, it's re- that's really the strange. Top in, in real life is not nice and smooth. No, on top. yeah, Got the extended like nineteen, well, the, like the nineteen sixteen 
cars we were looking at earlier in the FMK cars, it's yeah. got that droopy top. Yeah. I mean, and that must cost, it must weigh a, a stupid well, amount. And you know what's not manual? It's got some sort of a power cable-operated system that would probably cost $5,000 to fix once the cable snaps. What you got there is a case of droopy top, son. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. So it doesn't... Yeah, so we're looking at the pictures of the the from the conversion company. Yeah. And there's no frame on... So they leave the door frames because they're not frameless doors. Um, But there's no frame that stays in place for the convertible top so it would almost make more sense if it was i could i could see it if it was like the the fiat 500 like c you know that like that maintains the roof rails and just a fabric top that goes down ian those are the doors there's no door frame no i i understand but the 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 window i'm sorry the window isn't frameless right 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 um but yeah there's no frame around it on the right that's God, me. Jake, I'm sorry that you had to see this. <laughs> we need a grief support group for people for like people that have seen car stanzas. And yeah, like right. when I, I saw a horrible car stanza not too long ago. I saw your eyes light up on the video feed. I was like, oh God, what's Jake gonna tell us? Okay, all right. It's dark with the Hellcat emblem on the frame uh, on the fender. Oh, yes. So uh, not an old dart to be clear. No, like like, right. a, the, like the little front wheel drive thing. Rebadged Fiat Dodge Dart. Uh-huh. With the Hellcat <laughs> emblem on the fender. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's a good one. Got to give them props for that a little bit just because it, it's a nice little joke, but Right. Yeah, that's at the point where it's almost funny, right? Mm-hmm. right? That was it's a it's a marginal call for sure, right? Because it's not like they put like Charger or Challenger on their car, right? They went all the way to Hellcat, right? Not yep. like the Cobalt Camaro uh, that I have had the displeasure of seeing. Yeah, that one's more bizarre because they actually put the name Camaro on it on a Cobalt. They right. if they did like a a Cobalt ZL1, mm-hmm. I would almost laugh at it, right? Right? Yeah. But huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's madness. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you saw the Escalade like, convertible. That's crazy. Yeah. I do have one more eye, eye my eyes. However, okay. it's a, uh, secondary. I haven't seen it in person yet, but I do know it's driving around in my area. And that's almost worse, right? <laughs> that's like when you're walking outside in the horror movie and you hear the bad music and you know the killer's afoot. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh no, this is one I'm actually trying to seek out, and, and oh, I want to. Okay. Talk Okay. So somebody posted on that same Facebook group this afternoon a picture of a smart car with wheelie bars on it. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. It is not USA swapped. Okay. It's just, it's just a smart car with wheelie bars? <laughs> no, it's a smart car that they took the 1.5 liter four-cylinder out of a Toyota Paseo and put it in it. And it's got the weight all in the back, and uh-huh. it's over 100 horsepower, and it will do wheelies. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> I, we're looking at pictures of, car, of it. it Toyota Paseo. Got into it. Okay. Into the, the comment section, oh, actually. Oh, okay. Let me see. If I can possibly send you. I, I took a screen grab of the picture of the car on the highway. I don't know if I can send it to you or not. Let's see. Wow. 
Yeah. That's so really bizarre. Remember when we went to Cars and Coffee the first time we saw that uh, original Fiat 500 with the Subaru STI engine swap? Yeah. And its license plate actually said wheelie? Yeah. 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 That one, though, and that went, that ended up going on a trailer, a trailer yeah. like a couple months after that. And it was <laughs> because like... Because the previous owner probably turned into dust. Yeah. Well, that, that one, though... Put the picture on my phone... I'm okay. going to put my phone in front of the in front of the camera and hopefully you guys oh, yeah, can yeah. see this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, let me uh let me put it on the Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that wow. works out yeah, better than I thought it would. <laughs> look at that. That's fantastic. Apparently every single red light they were doing wheelies after light turned green. That's yeah, awesome. The ga- mean, the gas pedals just turned into a hilarity button. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to start to think how cheap did they do that build because Right? A crash Toyota Paseo, you take the engine and trans out and just slap it in there. Yeah. And why a Paseo? Maybe just packaging. Yeah, right? Maybe that's the only thing that would fit. Packaging, and that's what they had. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it was cheap, I'm guessing. Yeah, right? Yeah. How much could a Paseo drivetrain be? Yeah. But yeah. could I mean, could you imagine that as a daily driver? Like, I have to wheelie <laughs> everywhere. Like, right. There's no, like, be cool. Be cool, guys. You know, <laughs> like when you're at the stoplight next to the police, like yeah. a police car, and you're like, "I'm not gonna floor it. I'm not gonna floor it." Yeah, right. Like, yeah. still smoking the clutch, and the front tires are six inches off the ground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You just like motion, like you should probably go first. Don't look <laughs> yeah. in your mirror. All of a sudden, I'm turning left. Yeah. <laughs> On yeah. one wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Huh. That's I, I wonder what the slowest is that a, a car, like a car like that, would need to go to pull a wheelie. Like, right. what? How gentle could the acceleration be? Mm-hmm. Like to, to wheelie back, right? If the weight was so disproportional, yeah. Like you just like zero to sixty in like twelve seconds, but yet you can still wheelie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and also, I mean. Are you uh, in Illinois? I don't know. I can't remember what. What are the safety inspections? Is it just emissions that you have to do? Is it safety emissions? And it's only in the Chicago area and the suburbs. Oh, okay. Once you get out, like out to central Illinois, they don't do emissions testing. Right. Right. What? Okay. Yeah. So, like, no inspections or emissions. No inspections. No nothing. What? That's how most states are. Oh yeah. No. If I get a car that's uh, well, we're not gonna. Um, statute of limitations, blah, 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 la, 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 la. Nobody's listening. If I get a car that, uh, I'm going to be tuning and building up, I'm going to be registering at my dad's in central Illinois. So I don't have to worry about emissions testing in Chicago. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Yeah. but I, I would think that there, that that's not legal to just run around with wheelie bars. Right. Apparently nobody said anything. I I would think it'd be less legal to run around in a car like that without the wheelie bar. Well, yeah, there's right. I think at the DMV they'd be like, "Well, we this is for your own good. (laughs) (laughs) Let me help you with this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Huh. Um. All right. Well, thank you for haunting our dreams with with the uh, Escalade. Um. Yeah, let's what, hear this FMK cars. Yeah, let's sir. do this. <laughs> so I think this is something similar to what one of you guys have done in like one of your maybe early, early episodes. But I'm going to entitle it, You Get a 240, You Get a 240, and You Get a 240. Okay. All right. These are all 240s, but they've all got a twist. Okay. okay. I like this. This car 
is something I'm actually somewhat, I fell down our YouTube rabbit hole earlier and I'm contemplating actually building this as a project car. Okay. Volvo 240 station wagon. Uh huh. Only it's got an LS and a turbo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wagon or uh, or absolutely cities. wagon. Yeah. Okay. LS swap. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the non-fair use images. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the 240, as every human should be. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All yeah, right. I figure that would fi- feed my uh, track day slash cart uh, hauler slash drift vehicle. Yeah. Once. Right. Oh, one. Yeah. No kidding. Drift Next. Volvo. Drift Volvo. Halvo, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Next one is going to be a first gen uh, Nissan 240SX. Okay. Only it's got the uh, Skyline RB26 engine swapped into yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me see is what it the first gen rear looks. drive or are we keeping it's, it uh, all-wheel drive? That one's rear drive. Okay. It's just, you're swapping the motor. That's it, not the yeah. full drive train. Okay. I I really like the first gen. <laughs> I, had, I had a friend of mine in high school that had one. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Have you guys, uh, this is uh, slightly off topic, but speaking of RB20 swaps, have you, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Mighty Car Mods at all, but they're actually doing a 240Z with an RB20 swap. Oh. And I didn't know this, but the four-wheel drive system in the RB20, the front diff is integrated in the oil pan. Oh, so they have to they had to modify the oil pan or get a different oil pan altogether and then modify it to get it to to fit. It's really interesting. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I have to look that up. Yeah, it's super straight. That's why I asked if you were if it was going to be all wheel drive because yeah. I just been I just watched that uh, the sure. other day. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of folks think that that's their next move if like a red top or black top swap isn't enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, like as our buddy over at Ten Tenths proved, Robbie. That it, I think you just go LS. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I have a, I have a place in my heart for RB Motors. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And third one is going to be an early '80s Mercedes Benz 240. Okay. But it's going to have the uh, C63 AMG engine. Okay. The the six the six point two. Yeah. So the 240. Did you say D? Yeah, it's a okay. diesel. Yep, yep. Yeah, the W123. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I know what I'd do. All right, well, you go first then. I'm going to marry that Halvo for sure. Yeah. I'm going to F the Mercedes. And unfortunately, I have to kill the Nissan 240. Yeah. So I would, I'm going to kill the Mercedes. Okay. Um, my thinking is that <clears throat> that will not have a manual transmission. Okay. Because the 6.2 it, never came with a manual. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the the uh, engine did not come with a right. manual. Yeah. Um, so I am going to crush that, and then I'm going to marry the Volvo and then drive the 240SX for a day. Right. And make right. all the turbo noises. Yeah. <laughs> just out the window. I'm just going to go... <laughs> Just going to make dolphin noises? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm What doing. would you do, Jake? I would probably do the same thing that Ian did. However, instead of making the turbo noises with my mouth, 
I'd be uh, I'd put a stereo in it and just play the Tokyo Drift soundtrack and do donuts <laughs> at every intersection. There you go. I Smart. like that. Smart. And then after you got out of jail, you'd go back to driving your Driving Volvo. Golf. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. I yeah. like and that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the YouTube video from some like car meet somewhere. This guy had an LS swap Volvo wagon and was doing this huge, massive burnout next to this hotel. And a, he stops, a cop comes around the corner, flashes his lights and drives right past the Volvo doing the burnout. <laughs> See, okay. He had no idea right. that the wagon was doing the burnout to begin with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That is the definition of sleeper. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the draw of the Volvo wagon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, what have we learned today, Ian? We've learned that Volvo, LS swapped Volvos are in our dreams. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, of all, all car people. Absolutely. We also right. learned that you should, uh, pay attention to racers hq and all of everything that's happening with that 100 percent. yeah and that visiting chicago will give you the meat sweats <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And, and also you should definitely check out the archives of the rags to races podcast yes definitely do that do all of that yeah jake's what, on what, the what? twitter and the facebook yeah all plug that. all your stuff jake all right so uh the rags to races uh, on facebook obviously uh instagram Twitter, Instagram and Twitter are probably going to start fading away a little bit on that, but I'll keep the Facebook page open. Uh, everything else, racershq.com, racershq on YouTube, racershq on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and, and definitely go to the website. If you want to email me, you can uh, reach me at jake, J-A-K-E, at racershq.com. There we go. Okay. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm uh, looking forward to everything that you're doing with with Racers HQ. And uh, I hope we get to drive together or crew together or something soon. Yeah, for uh, sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. No problem, man. No problem. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.